Today on the pod, we are joined by Elizabeth, aka Blocky Balboa. Oh, hey! In this uh, pod, we're going to be reviewing Godzilla, King of Monsters. We've got John and Jamie doing Book Smart. We've got Zobo, she's back. She's going to be reviewing Ma. And Jamie, you're here, and we're going to find out exactly how many films you can name in Call It. Oh. <laughs> in a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Jamie Hannon, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. Yeah, it's uh, half term for me, so all rosy here. I should point out, Jamie is a teacher here. I've not, I've not, not got a child. Not, not, not a twelve-year-old with an extremely deep voice and a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I've been undercover now for many years. <laughs> well, someone who's not undercover. We're joined by. We've got a. We've got a guest host with us this week with the best blog name known to man, Bloggy Balboa. You're also a film journo. You've done stuff on the film magazine, uh, film stories, and also been on pods with Betamax Pod. Elizabeth, how how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Good, good. What have you been watching recently? Oh, I've got, well, actually, what, recently I watched uh, Demolition Man because I've got oh. a boyfriend that has never seen anything, which is amazing. <laughs> so you get to watch it all again. That's amazing. I love I that. I get to watch it all again, yeah. Oh, oh that, yeah. Is, that, is, that is quality. So yeah, let's probably just talk about how, how you end up on the pod. So I like this. This is a nice story to tell about Twitter. This is what Twitter should be about. you done a, a cool post on your Twitter account what, a couple of weeks ago, just basically saying, hi, film Twitter, I'm Elizabeth, I do some stuff, talk to me. And and it was, a, I thought it was a really nice, charming thread. And I was just like, hey, and you're like, hey. And I was like, come on the pod. And here we are. That's what film Twitter should be. <laughs> Connecting people around the globe. Exactly. Not, you like bow rap, you're a shithead. Which is what I sometimes get. <laughs> When, when you said there was a char- I was going to tweet you, but I. <laughs> <laughs> when you said there was a charming story, I was expecting like you know, we we both tweeted the same thing, and and then we realised oh we've got the same opinions, we need to connect, and no, it's just no, it's just saying how you reaching out. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, more people need to reach out more. I think. What you've been watching more importantly recently? Oh, I've I've, I've been well. Obviously, it's half term, so I've been binging Netflix. So. Anything that exists on Netflix has probably been watched by me in the last 72 hours. No, oh, fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> since, since you asked... Um, <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. What have you been watching, Flint? I forget, uh, I, I forget I need to interact in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched the Game of Thrones documentary that came out uh, oh, a couple of days yeah. ago. Are you, are you, Where are you on the Game of Thrones scale, Elizabeth? Are you fan or fuck it? Uh, I was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer ever. <laughs> but, uh, it took I, an hour and a half to change that, but yeah. Mm. No, so yeah, Game of Thrones. Hey. <laughs> that was a thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I've got to say, the documentary, The Last Watch, is actually really worth a watch if you are a fan of the show prior mm. to episodes five and six but um essentially it kind of shows the making of the last two years of the show but also some key points when Mm. they were making it i can't help but notice this isn't a spoiler um they were showing these table reads the concept is they get all the cast together and they go through the scripts and talk about Mm. what uh, what's going to be in the episode and 
they were showing the table read for the finale. And also, they'd done it for the Night King battle as well, and they showed bits of it. It generally looked like a live episode of Dungeons and Dragons, of like yeah. the writers were in the middle of this room just going, and then John gets the dagger and he plunges it into, spoiler alert, and <laughs> the, the actors are literally like, and then what happens? And, and then what happens? I was like, there's something really nice about that. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't unfortunately uh, make up for the fact they kind of screwed the pooch on it. Yeah, have you heard about Kit Harrison though? No. Uh, he's, he's had to check himself in to get some help. Um, Is this a terrible joke? No, no, no. Legitimately, no, okay. he's, he's had to get some help because uh, from my understanding, from what I've read, is that he the, the filming, and you might know a bit more about this, Elizabeth, but the filming is so intense for, for Game of Thrones. It's been a big part of his life for the last, what, 11 years? Is no, it, it's not. Like? Yeah, um, knowing nothing for 11 years will yeah. take its toll on you. And I think suddenly having lost that in his life, he, he I think he's he, he's kind of lost his way a little bit and then he needs some further support. So my understanding is he's, he's gone into, into uh, not, not no, I want to say rehab, but it's not rehab. It's like a mental wellness sort of retreat thing. He's got to be on the wall. <laughs> well, have, you, have you heard anything about this, Elizabeth? Or am I, am I chatting shit? <laughs> I think you're right. I think... Well, because I read that it was a rehab. Oh, so maybe like, it is a rehab. What kit? Like, what have you done? But it, you know, apparently he just he needs some he needs some time. Yeah, and that's all. Yeah, just like you know, just hit a massive wall. I can't. I just can't avoid the pun. Stop, so, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose killing your your lover would would do that to you. So that's fair enough. But I wish him all the best, though, because he's a cracking actor. I mean, some of the stuff he's done recently as well, the dramas he's done. I think he's going to have a... Similar to what happened to Richard Madsen, is that how yeah. you say his name? He kind of went away mm. after he stint in Game of Thrones and kind of not reinvented himself, but found interesting projects and stuff yeah. like The Bodyguard really propelled him. A fantastic yeah. The Bodyguard, he was superb in, wasn't he? So I think Kit will probably have a similar thing. Although he was in that Pompeii movie. Pompeii? Pompeii? Pompeii. 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 Papery. What? <laughs> John Snow and Potpourri. Port- Portaloo. What? I don't know. What a disaster. <laughs> hey. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to get the scene back at that point. Yeah. So before we crack into news, just while we're talking about TV shows and stuff, and Jamie, since I know you're a fountain of knowledge of TV shows, that's going to come out of lots of interesting ideas. Right. What has been your favourite or worst TV show finales? Oh man, that's uh, the problem. Is I think there's there's lots of good finales, but then especially American TV shows. Whenever you think, oh my god, that's a that's a great ending, and then they just reboot it with another season and they totally explain that ending away, and you're like, oh, mm. I, I'd say one of the worst, no, worst slash best endings for me for a TV series, which wasn't an ending. So I don't know if I'm answering the question. Um, that you've, what you've described there is not that. <laughs> and, and the reason why I brought this up is actually looking at um, Elizabeth's um, blogs as well, because you just blogged about uh, a few weeks ago about the seven things you don't know about Buffy. And this, oh, yeah, yeah. at the end of the season, I think it was season seven, where she throws herself off that scaffolding to, to save Dawn, her sister. And, and she falls and dies and... You know that closes the portal, and her sister survived. I would say spoiler alert, but this but, is like ten years. Yeah, old, right? I, I'm pretty sure I can get away with this. Um, and then obviously there was like another two seasons after that. I think it, it maybe it was season six actually, but it was um, that. I season remember six. it was season six. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, and I remember being you know like a 14 year old boy at the time and being absolutely devastated. And I remember sitting in the car the next day, driving I don't know to my grandparents or something, just being like. 
Buffy's dead. Like, what do I do now? Like, and I remember legitimately being distraught by this. Um, and I thought that was a, you know, looking back on it abstractly, that was that would have been a cracking ending. Uh, uh, but then they just brought it back to life. Nice. So I don't know if I've answered the question. I don't uh, Yeah, Well, you, you give an A answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, what's like for you for best or worst TV show finales? Well, honestly, you've stole my bit because that is exactly what I was going to say. Really? Oh, wow, sorry. Seriously, and like as well on that, there was another there was another series where Angel gets sucked into a portal, and yeah. I think I don't want to hazard how old I was, but I was young, and I remember that I made this proper emo poster where I drew <laughs> David Boreanaz with like a sword going through him, and I put Angel is dead and he is never coming back. <laughs> And I put it on my door and I got in such a rage about it that I was banned from watching the first couple of episodes when they came back on BBC because <laughs> I got nerd rage over the fact that they killed Angel. <laughs> yeah, that was quite an early one, wasn't it? Was that like season three or something, maybe? Yeah, that was an emotional season. There was a lot of tears. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. So nerd rage before <laughs> before Twitter. It's a real rage, man. I, I feel it. I feel uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie was dressed up. I'm David Boreanaz. I really wish I was alive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. To be honest, like the Buffy stuff kind of passed me by until like, I think I rediscovered it or discovered it for myself for the first time on like a streaming service. Mm. But um, I suppose I've got to say the worst finale for me. I invested so many fucking years into this TV show was Dexter. Uh, see, I've never watched the end of it. I, I stopped don't, halfway through that last don't. season because you all said don't finish it. So yeah. I haven't. So in my mind, it's still great. Oh, fair <laughs> Was Dexter a thing for you, Elizabeth? No, see, I heard it ended badly and then I just never watched it. Yeah, you were right. You were right to not invest. I'm still I'm still cut steep. Still angry about it, man. <laughs> still angry. But that, that has reminded me, though, probably what has been critically acclaimed has been one of the best TV series ever with the best ending ever. Yeah. Breaking Bad. How have we forgotten about that? Well, I was going to bring it up. The whole point of a conversation is to go back and forth. We're not. Otherwise, we'll just be a fucking listicle. <laughs> <laughs> Could have played along with it there. Could have been like a nice little bouncing off there, mate. But no, no, no. Go on, Ed. After you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. Breaking Bad was, abs- in my opinion, yeah, I agree with you. It's absolute yeah. perfection that ending to the point where, although I'm excited, we're getting these TV movies uh, mm. with Jesse back. I kind of don't need it and it took me a minute to get into Better Call Saul for that reason yeah was Better Call Saul did, did that pass you by Elizabeth did you watch that one yeah I it passed me by because hot, hot take I, I didn't like the end of Breaking Bad <laughs> whoa controversial <laughs> hashtag change my mind <laughs> I'm never having me on the podcast again that's it so really what, what did it, why did it not sit for you I mean you're entitled to an opinion but like why did it not <laughs> I wanted Walt to win as much as like mm. I hated him. I wanted him to just ride off into the sunset, full of meth. You know, I just wanted. Full of meth. But he didn't, and it really got to me. And you know, I just, yeah, and I, I hated Jesse by the end of it. I was proper team Walt, which is I think that says a lot about me as a person. A bit like when I watched Bandersnatch, and I was like, I'm a fucking awful person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do have to ask: Is your boyfriend a, a, an old bald man now? Just because the way you've said your attractions to Walt and off mic, you're telling us he's never wa- he hasn't watched many films. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to wish that he was. He's actually very long-haired. He's a long-haired person. Ah, oh, fair enough. I thought you were going to say, fun story. He's actually a meth dealer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Disclaimer, Elizabeth's boyfriend is not a meth dealer. Um, anyway, on that, instead of talking about TV shows from the last 10 years, shall we crack on with some news? News. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, I know. We're talking about the real cutting-edge stuff here. Um, they've finally announced they're going to delay the movie following fan feedback after the first trailer dropped. Uh, I'm... I'm kind of indifferent. I'm not really that bothered about this, but it was interesting enough. It was noteworthy from that perspective in terms of fans have complained and mm. they've made a big course correction as a result of this. Sonic, is that a thing for you? Nah, not nah. watch it. I was never much of a Sega guy. I was always Nintendo growing up, so never really had that affinity for Sega. So now nah, I'm just gonna just gonna skip that one. I reckon. How about you, Elizabeth? Does that float your boat? I like the game. Not mm. saying you're not very keen on the idea of a film, but. You know, we've all seen what happened to Super Mario Brothers. I just think, you know, classic. I need it. Cult, cult classic now, that is. I mean, that is that's a great film. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I could go over and watch that tonight, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, but it, it falls into that category of it's so bad, it's almost kind of good. And time is kind to those sort of films, right? It finds a cult following and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Um, so It's horrendously offending now, though, I'm guessing, because it's, you know, it's making what, some horrendous stereotypes. What, what, what 80s film is not horrendously <laughs> offensive, though? Good point, good point. I'll give you that. <laughs> Dirty Dancing? What, go poach a kid? Oh, yeah, good point. She's not a kid. She's not a kid. They call She's her baby. Grown. You can't put baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So I reviewed it a couple of weeks back. John Wick, Chapter mm. 3, Parabellum. I made the biggest schoolboy error, actually, um, on film Twitter the other day. Someone posted up a thread saying, what is your favourite film where they say the name of the title in the film? I was very tired that day, and I literally have been on a John Wick bender of just watching the first two films and then going to watch the third mm. film. I come out really pumped, fucking loving that film. And there is a scene where the name Parabellum gets gets said. And I was just like, John Wick, chapter three. And I got torn apart by people going, is there a scene where Keanu Reeves looks at the camera and says, John Wick, chapter three, Parabellum. And I was just like, fuck you. I'm just, you clearly know what I meant by it. But anyway, um, did you, have you seen John Wick, chapter three? Is John Wick your thing, Elizabeth? Do you like him? This is something that we're... So my boyfriend's never seen anything and I've seen everything, but I haven't seen John Wick. And he turned around at me and he was like, what, you haven't seen this film? (laughs) Well, you're in for a treat. Like, get hold of it. It It's basically, if you like violence, if you like Keanu Reeves, if you like dogs being avenged, and who doesn't like dogs being avenged? This This is a film for you. Literally the most heartbreaking opening scene, though. Oh my god! Yeah, don't 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 spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it because if I think about it, I'll, I'll start to. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, chapter three was so successful they've announced chapter four mm. already. And if you these films kind of bookend each other, so the idea is the end of the first film goes straight into the second film. And they do that with the third film. They're going to be doing that with the fourth film. Uh, John Wick chapter four. At the moment, it looks like 2021. I really hope. <laughs> so he survives the end of chapter three then. <laughs> I guess if there's a chapter four, oh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not seeing it yet. But I, I feel like that's going to ruin the film for me now. <laughs> Jamie, what thanks insight Warner, there? Warner Brothers or whoever for, for announcing that. Cheers. But anyway, more importantly, this is awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see this. Uh, in the second film, they introduced uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. So we had a re- reuniting there. Someone posted this the other day. I thought it was an absolute genius idea. Get Hugo Weaving to be the villain in John Wick Chapter 4 and basically make it a, a Matrix Illumini set. That'd be awesome. That would That'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I, I, I've got time for that. 
<laughs> I, I have time for that. I'll tell you what people haven't got time for at the moment, actually, is that um, everyone's getting really pissed off that Booksmart hasn't made as much money as we, we think it should. And this is mm. a really interesting thing about what should we be promoting and at the same time, what, why uh, why do really good films... Actually, one of the reviews we got in this pod is about Booksmart, and you'll, Booksmart sorry, I should say, and you'll hear that we, yeah, we, we, we fucking love this film. And a lot of people, mm. critics-wise, are loving it, but why aren't people paying the money to go see it in cinema basically well I don't know what you think Elizabeth but I think there hasn't been that much I don't think it's been much media attention around it personally there has in the last couple of days because you've had the release of the six minute trailer haven't you and and you've had the release and there's been some articles in the news about it Um, but it was only because of the review that uh, I think is it John and Jamie are doing later isn't it yeah Yeah. Um, that having heard that that I'm going to go see it myself now, to be honest with you. So I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think maybe there hasn't been that hype. Maybe there's been a couple of big films already this year that have stolen a lot of media attention and the media isn't just not interested in talking about films as much. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts, Elizabeth? I don't know. I think it's a weird one because I'm sure that... I, th- I think it's got something to do with the fact that it's in that kind of teen movie genre and so oh, people yeah. kind of automatically assume that it's they're, they're tiring it with the, the same brush as all the others. But when you look at things like, I don't know, like Napoleon Dynamite or Superbad or anything like that, yeah. they they did do really well. But then is that, are people going to put that argument back on me and say it's because they're about men? I don't, I, you know, or young boys. I don't know what the, what the formula is for this here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, nah, it's a good point. And as me and Jamie too, of a certain age white men clearly have an opinion on what this film should should be uh, talking about <laughs> but um i i agree to an extent it's probably more to do with just opportunities to promote this but at the same time we have had a billion coming of age movies right yeah and, i mean I, I mean i wasn't aware in, until speaking to you the other week and, and listening to the, the news article in the last pod that it was two female stars um, I, I I I didn't even know a lot about the film. I just I know and I'm someone who reads up about films quite a lot, watches as many as I can, and I just don't feel like the, there's been that much apart from the last week or so. There hasn't been that much mm. attention. But like you said, it could be because it's a coming of age film or a teen comedy, and and those generally get tired of the same sort of brush, don't they? Where they're sort of just flash in the pan sort of films. I don't know, but um, but it, it sounds you know it sounds like it's it's a film to go see this summer. I, I, yeah. I think that tweet from Olivia Wilde hasn't helped it. So for those of you who don't know, like last week she made kind of not a plea, but basically said on social media, um, please go see this film because basically it's being released at the same week in a lot of countries as some of the big studio movies and mm. trying to imply that, you know, the support is really needed. And she was, you know, some people really sort of attacked her for it. Some people supported her for it. And I, d- I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, I suppose what I'm trying to say, but I don't know if it helped the situation mm. from that perspective. Yeah, do you think it maybe sounded a bit desperate or... I don't know. I think it's just like a... It is a big studio movie. It's backed by Zeph Rogen and his company. And yeah. she's a big actor already, right? So it's Huge, not like yeah. it's not like this is the art house film funded by a credit card and this is the, the one chance saloon sort of thing. But that so means... then I probably wouldn't see it. But well, <laughs> yeah, if it was an art house film, I'd probably be like, "Oh no, sh- no chance." But yeah, it's a it's a good film with good good actresses in it and good actors in it, and 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 you know, Seth Rogen's in it. Oh, yeah, sorry, behind it as well. It's got good comedy writing in it as well, so it should be fun. Yeah, and like literally for the last month, critics have been like, basically, you know, when critics get hold of a film and they love it and they champion it yeah. to the point where you're kind of like. 
Yeah, stop ramming it down my... Like, I heard about Booksmart long, long before I went to go see it or even saw a trailer yeah. because critics and people involved in, in the industry are like, you must love Booksmart. And it's just right. like, oh, man, that's kind of put me off even before I've even seen anything from it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? When people get so preached, like, I was exactly the same with A Star Is Born because I was so pissed off of people telling me to love this film that I you kind of didn't want to like it even before yeah. I saw it. Am I being a dick or is that like a thing? That's a thing. That's a thing. That's a definitely a thing. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, like, like, you know, quite often when critics pan a film as well because they take it too seriously as well. You know, when you see like a, just a, a slapstick, you know, a film doesn't take itself too seriously. You watch it, you have a good laugh, you laugh out loud at it, you go, right... I wouldn't pay money to go see it again, but I enjoyed watching it. It was a good experience. Hmm. But those are the sorts of films that get absolutely panned, don't they? That sounds like part of my review coming up later, Jamie, oh, for right. Godzilla, King of Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the, oh, kind of like the new stuff I wanted to talk about. For the next bit in the pod, um, I'm fortunate enough to have another chat from Bill from BatmanOnFilm.com to talk about Robert Patterson being cast in the role as Batman and kind R-Bats. of what that are Pats or are Bats, as we would say. Uh, but before <laughs> before I bring that in, Elizabeth, where do you sit on the Robert Battingson scale? Oh, see oh. what I've done there. Oh, very good. Oh, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm I'm calling the gang with him being in it. I haven't seen any of his because you know people were like, "Have you seen any of his other films since Twilight?" And I was like, "No," but still, give the guy a chance. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to kind of be a complete uh, hypocrite here and say oh, I was one of those people basically telling people to shut the f up and watch some stuff that he's seen in. I can't remember the title of one of these films. I watched it a couple of years ago, but basically the whole concept of the film is that he's a moody rich boy living not living but he's essentially sitting in his limousine and the whole film is shot in this limousine while he's basically people get into his limousine and he he gives out orders and things like that it's basically an addition to being bruce wayne mm-hmm. and like like there you go that just watching that alone is enough like to tell me this guy is going to do an amazing job he's also been doing some really <laughs> interesting projects he's got he's in that new chris nolan movie it's coming out very soon he smashed it in cans of all different films he's been in so so yeah looking forward to, to saying what you say anyway coming up next will be that interview with bill enjoy we are delighted to have him back for his hat trick uh bill jet Ramey from batmanonfilm.com how are you doing sir i'm doing fantastic i am i'm excited i'm excited you know what i'm excited for because we got a batman movie coming this is happening now this is amazing the bells are ringing the the crowds yeah. are assembled um, and but this is a fun time yeah this is my first question, though, Bill, because I've I've heard a lot about this. Obviously, Twitter went nuts about a week ago, and it's kind of that thing of uh, all of a sudden I saw Robert Patterson trending, and I was like, oh, what's this about? And then, lo and behold, uh, lots of outlets are reporting that he's actually been, been lined up to take the role. Is this true? Is this official now? Do we have the Batman? Apparently, he is the front runner. However, there was a story today that... Uh, both uh, Robert and uh, Nicholas Holt are going to be testing, doing another screen test in costume for Matt Reeves and Warner Brothers. So it is not a done deal yet, apparently. But I think he is the front runner. Mm. Yeah, that I suppose that kind. Of, I can't. Don't wrong. I think Nicholas Holt is a great actor. But you know when you just hear a name and then you you can't think of anyone else. And as soon as I started putting that line together of Robert Pattinson potentially being the role, I can't. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, you said he's the for uh, the forerunner for this. What's the so what? Yes. If you're a betting man, 
would you would you bet the house on this? Do you think this is almost a foregone conclusion? Oh, um, I think after how do I say this? I think there's now a lot of support for Robert Pattinson um, as Batman, even though there was a freak out at, at initially, and uh, Warner Brothers never quashed the rumor that he was um, the front runner or had been cast. So. I think it's his gig to lose, and uh, if Holt out screen test him, um, maybe they go with they maybe they go with him. I, I think it's uh, I think we're in a no lose situation. They're clearly going for a good actor. So mm-hmm. either way, I think we're good. I'm I'm I, I really want Robert Pattinson to get the gig. I think that would be it'd be very Bell like casting to me. Uh, you know, when when Christian Bale got cast as Batman back in. 2003 so uh we should know shortly but i i still think it's his i think he's still the the preference Hmm. i always think there's a story i don't know how true this is it's kind of an urban myth that apparently christian bale purchased a val kilmer bat suit for his screen test like he went out and purchased it himself is there any truth in that (laughs) i he wore the val kilmer batman suit he wore the uh the uh um Sonar suit. Is that the nipple uh, suit? Yes, yes. <laughs> he wore the second one, and it, it, it was just—it was something they pulled from uh, from wardrobe costume. He didn't go out and, and actually get one. So, but he, right. did, he did test in that suit. Yes, <laughs> that's the the purple monkey uh, the purple monkey dishwasher effect. When you hear all these little I, yeah. rumors, I think, right? he ra- I think he rattled around in it because he had he had come off the machinist and he had lost like. 100 pounds oh my god yeah that role yeah and then uh he had not um regained his 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 um true weight and strength by the time he when he was screen testing but he got the role anyway based on uh on that screen test performance well from from one person to another we've now hopefully got uh, Robert Pattinson uh, trying on the cow a lot of people have especially on film Twitter it kind of got divided into two camps one camp of you know as the internet does it reacts and melts down of what the hell and lots of poking fun at the Twilight movies and the other half saying no just give this guy a chance like post Twilight he really went and done some really interesting stuff and uh, yes. I suppose my my. It sounds like you're a fan of him. What have you seen any of his post Twilight stuff, and uh, what could we expect from these sort of performances? I have I have honestly never seen one second of a Twilight film, so I don't know him from that. I saw him in oh my gosh, uh, the movie escapes me. He plays a guy from Queens. Um, uh, what is it? Good oh good time I saw him in Good Time mm. and it is he is fantastic I have not seen The Lighthouse yet but he's getting rave, rave reviews yeah uh, for that he, he is a he's just a very fine actor mm. uh, I would I wouldn't call myself a Robert Pattinson fan but I love uh, I want a uh, I, I want an actor to play Batman first yes. and foremost you know first and foremost and we've and we've uh, been successful with that. Especially with Christian, you know, with with uh, with uh, Christian Bale, and you know Michael Keaton, I think. Are just, look, I mean, to be honest, we've had some really good actors play Batman over the years. I mean, Michael Keaton's is, is fantastic. Uh, Val Kilmer is very underrated as an actor. I mean, you go back and look at The Doors, and of course Tombstone, and some of the other stuff he's done. He's he was fantastic. George Clooney 
is a great actor. Uh, maybe, and you know, uh, I think that uh, Ben Affleck is a very solid actor, but he's, I think he's a better filmmaker and writer, but still he, he was no slouch in that department. So give me an actor, you know, hmm. Hey, give me a British actor. We'll go back to, go back to bell. So I think we're going back, we're going back to that, 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 uh, again with, uh, with either Pattinson or, or Holt. Well, yeah, very true. I can't. I think the film's called Metrop. I think it's called Metropolis or Cosmopolitan. I can't remember. It's- yeah, Cos- Cosmopolitan. That was it's it. Like, yes. yes, yes. I have not seen that yet. Yes. But it's essentially now looking it through the prism of this guy potentially could be Batman. That's like an addition in itself. Like it's basically he's in yes. a he's in a, a limo for the entire film, being a moody. Yeah person yeah. and carrying the whole thing from that and so i'm i'm really excited about this there's a lot of rumors coming out about the sort of direction they're going into We've, we already know they're kind of going down the film noir direction but apparently rumors are surfacing that they're revisiting the idea of catwoman and penguin being the villains in this i want to sort of gauge is this just rumor is there any truth behind it and what your thoughts I, are about that i i'm i'm 99.9 percent sure the penguins in this film I think that um, uh, I think in that Birds of Prey movie, they wanted to use the penguin and uh, Matt Reeves had already written his script, wanted the penguin. So that's how Black Mask became uh, one of the characters in Birds of Prey instead of the penguin. So I'm I'm solid on that. I've heard nothing about Catwoman. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me. I know that Matt Reeves has said that the rogues gallery exists. So um, we, we could see several Batman villains, not in major roles, show up in what, whatever, you know, whatever uh, way he wants to, to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it could happen for sure. But I think I think the Penguin's the main villain. Pretty sure. Pretty yeah. confident in saying that. Matt, I suppose I can see that if you think about the direction they want to go. They want to they want to stay far away, in my opinion, and from what I can gather, they want to stay far away from universe-ending bad guys. More of a kind of ground street level villain. You think about yes. Cobblepot in the in the comic adaptations, from and my understanding anyway is that he's very much on a ground level, and that would kind of yes. speak to that kind of back alley hush sort of thing. Yes, mobster, uh, you know, uh, has a. The iceberg lounge is a front for criminal activity. Yeah, it's very, it's very. Uh, I can, I've, I've always one of one of the things I've always thought. I thought Nolan should have incorporated the Penguin in the Dark Knight, and he could have done it as one of those mob bosses, you know, that were in the, in that film. But mm. needless to say, he did not, and we'll get a, maybe get a chance to see a good take on on the Penguin. Yeah, maybe it might not scare kids as much as the as the De Niro, or not De Niro, sorry, DeVito version. And yes. <laughs> speaking about that, who would you like to to see? I know you don't like fan casting too much, but I'd yeah. love to pick your brains on it. Um, you know what? I, I, I with this one, I will say, give me Andy Circus in that role. I think oh he would God. be fantastic because uh he's worked with reeves it's not a stretch to say maybe reeves brings him back and he could really do i I think one of the best interpretations maybe the maybe the best interpretation of the penguin that comes from the arkham video games and i can see him riffing or doing some sort of sort of take on that character very well so i'll go with him for that for that role Uh and uh in, in a in a non 
motion capture role. As well. <laughs> he, he, can just, he can just act. So he, he does a damn good monkey, though. To be fair, yes, but, he, yes, he does. Oh, that is so good, though. Yeah, that's a great pull. I think you think about when he in Black Panther, he's great as a bad guy. Yes, in um, yes, yeah. have, have you seen Longshot, the new Seth Rogen comedy? I have not. He plays a role in that where he's basically being Rupert Murdoch, you know, in a big media okay. conglomerate. But obviously, yeah. a a, yeah. a parody of him, and he's all in like prosthetics and stuff. But mm-hmm. he, with those prosthetics, making him look like an old evil man. I could yeah. totally see him being Penguin. Anyway, that's that's incredible. Yes, I, I can definitely see that. I, uh, who knows if it'll happen? But yeah, I could see that. Well, if it if it does happen, I'll, I'll claim it as as you broke it here first on the <laughs> on the pod. Um, when when the whole Robert Pattinson thing was done, mm-hmm. the same when ba- when um, when Ben Affleck was announced, there was lots of different mm-hmm. uh, nicknames for it. There's already a few that are circling on the internet. There's R Bats, mm-hmm. Robert Battingson. Is there any any ones that you're you're attached to that you think will end up calling him? Oh my gosh, Battinson! I mean, it just it's like just teeing it up, right? I mean, that's just right there for you. That, you know, just like Batfleck, we 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 need. Well, I think we need an actor. Besides besides the fact we need an actor who is an actor, quote unquote, we need someone whose last name or first name can can we can work into the you know the Batman thing. So yeah, Battinson is is pretty cool for me. Well, there we go. Uh, on that note, then, Bill, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Uh, can't wait to speak to you again. I'm sure I'll give you a shout when the Joker movie's out, but or maybe yes. when we get some more cool news about this. Just out of curiosity, just to finish it off, uh-huh. um, if you could pick inspiration from any of Batman's suit designs from the comics, and sorry, I'm asking a bit uh-huh. left field from this, what would you like to see incorporated into the new Bat suit? That was a question from Twitter just now. Oh, I would like. You know what? I, I, I know what. I, I know my answer. I don't even have to think about it. Uh, I love Lee Bermejo's take on Batman, and I would love to. And I even wrote something about that. Uh, something is, he's very. If you've seen Lee's drawings of Batman, it's very grounded um, type of. Uh, it's almost like um, uh, like the Captain America suit from the Marvel films. It's you know the Kevlar type of military look. Uh, something that you know, something that's relatively r- realistic to, to a certain degree. I think you could do something like that, but that would look awesome without doing the you know the black rubber hmm. totally again. So that's yeah, definitely yeah. Libra Mayho, that uh, take on his bat suit would be awesome. Amazing. I'll look it up and tweet some images of that when we we promote this pod. Thanks oh, yes, again, sir. Bill. Yeah. Once again, thanks. Take care. You too, sir. Thank you very. Our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun, and we are the cause. We are the infection. Godzilla, King of Monsters, is actually part of a cinematic universe that Warner Brothers have been doing for uh, the last few years, really. It started in 2014 with their revamp of Godzilla, which had Brian Cranston in, which, by the way, spoiler alert, they fucking fridge him in, like, the first ten minutes. I've still not forgiven them for that. Oh. 
devastating. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they followed up with a prequel in the same universe with Kong, Skull Island, uh, which had Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson. And this is the kind of direct sequel to Godzilla, the first one. So basically the concept is, is that the first film happened, Monarch, who are essentially a secret agency, think of them as the men in black but chasing monsters, have been scouring around the globe, finding other titans now knowing Godzilla exists, and basically keeping them in check. Uh, keeping them in secret bunkers hoping to never have to call upon them or defend themselves against them. All of a sudden out of nowhere a group of eco-terrorists capture one of the lead scientists who's played by Vera Farmiga who plays Dr Emma Russell but more importantly she's really cool and her daughter Madison Russell who's played by Millie Brown uh, 11 from Stranger Things oh wow essentially they get kidnapped because they and yes I know this is going to sound batshit crazy but they have a tool that has the ability to communicate with titans these big monsters and uh, yeah like a cell phone it's essentially a cell phone. It's, t- <laughs> it's Tinder for, for monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Hello! <laughs> so, Please but- don't eat us! <laughs> so it's essentially that, really. And uh, a guy called, called Kyle, who's played by Mark Russell, is the ex-husband, because obviously in the big battle of Godzilla coming in in the first film they lost a son and they're estranged um, he's he's left the organisation and he gets recruited to go find them uh, the head of the organisation though of like the terrorist is played by Charles Dance who um, what HR assistant approved the ex-husband going in search for the ex-wife I don't think that happened in the real world <laughs> I'm calling bullshit I can understand why the critics didn't like it mate I get you now I get you <laughs> You're not allowed to serve your family members when they come to the shop. If they get kidnapped, go after them. I'm not even allowed on the same school trip as my partner, so it can't be. (laughs) Once again, we should point out that Jamie's partner is a teacher, not one of the students. (laughs) I don't believe it. So anyway, inappropriate school relations aside... um, Essentially, this is about terrorists have kidnapped the ability to communicate with these animals. Godzilla's nowhere to be seen, and all of a sudden, a monster predator has appeared. This monster predator controls all the other monsters, and Godzilla must come out of retirement like Rocky and (laughs) basically take down this creature. That's as far as I'm going to go in terms of plot. Uh, synopsis on that but what I will say is that the definition of eco-terrorist and the sort of shit that Charles Dance does in this film are completely far removed he literally kills something like the first 30 seconds all in the name of trying to get the tool as uh, literally he describes it as wow I'll tell you what those protests in London would have been very different if they started like that (laughs) (laughs) not saying they're eco-terrorists they weren't they're eco-warriors but sorry we've got to be clear on that yeah so basically this is a film where there's monsters all around the world going fucking batshit crazy godzilla has to take them down and there's a human story going on in the middle of it Mm -hmm. um this film premiered last night and this is essentially being panned at the moment across a film twitter and the internet by most people and i'm i i reluctantly disagree i say very politely ladies and gentlemen my name is adam flint I'm 33 years young and I fucking love this film. Um, (laughs) Now, you're going to hear a lot of things about this movie. A lot of people are going to say, look, it's too dumb. The storyline doesn't make sense. There's too many scenes with humans in. The film's too long. The effects are too blurry. Look, 
Why do you see these films? You see these films to be entertained. Mm. If you're going to see a big monster kaiju movie, what do you want to see? You want to see big fucking animals going hammer and tong. Yeah. You get this in abundance. Now, yes, there is some terrible dialogue in this. Yes, there are some questionable choices. In fact, there's a stupid twist in this film, which you don't see coming a mile off. And the reason why is because it's fucking stupid. But that aside it's generally enjoyable when these titans go for it and I just I get so happy to see Charles dance in a film it's just all I think about is still Last Action Hero where he has that big eye that says have a nice day I still smile when I, whenever I see him even when he's in Game of Thrones being an absolute bastard I'm just like oh look it's Charles Dance and literally that's what I was doing most of this film yes the effects are incredible yes the spectacle is there and yes that is sacrificing some key plot narrative points to the point where it's pretty dumb but i really really enjoyed this film i think one of the reasons why and this might be kind of peeping behind the curtains in terms of how people review movies but i generally think this is one of the reasons why it got panned so quickly the review embargo got lifted at about 11 o'clock last night just at the conclusion of this screening Mm. this screening was reserved for people who work in the film industry bloggers and uh, I suppose people at one contest and stuff like that. But also was there was a bunch of what they call influencers. And they invited half the cast of The Only Way is Essex and Love Island. Sorry. Oh, yeah. They are society's influencers. Well, I think it's more of a case of, look, you have a lot of social media followers. And, you know, not really putting two and two together that most of these people literally can't count. Mm. And... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm getting off this planet. Off this planet. So basically, they invited all these people to it, and half the cinema was already reserved for them. And we started late because they couldn't figure out how to get to their seats. And basically, was paparazzi it, was were it ta- the numbering system that done it. Well, I don't want to. No, no, I'm not going to beat them up too much. But basically, they they took a long time to get to their seats. Paparazzi were there taking oh, lots of photos of them. And I do feel sorry for them to an extent because I generally think someone told them that they were going to a premiere screening and they were dressed like they were going to a premiere screen. It was like the fucking Met Gala, right? Some, yeah, seriously, right? So I'm there in my t-shirt and jeans, you know just just sitting there having a beer just kind of laughing um, whilst at the same time just going I really want this film to hurry up but um, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere the director and the cast turn up to do like a kind of mini Q&A at the start oh, that's cool. and who's that guy who always pops up on Skype stuff there. sorry Godzilla himself there exactly Godzilla was there <laughs> yeah it was it was a mate it turns out it's all perspective he's only three foot four <laughs> I knew it and I've always thought that he was actually a very small giant line, uh, lizard thing just, just very close to the camera <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all, all matter of perspective. Charles Dance dwarfs over him, but uh, but yeah, and they done a bit of a Q and A, and the film ended. But to be honest, during the film, again, these these people, these people who don't necessarily go to press screenings, were there with their phones. They were fucking Snapchatting and oh. talking a lot of the time, oh. and because they're semi quote unquote famous people, no security would go near them to say no phones and it's really annoying so you can imagine the tone in the room was pretty pissed off at that point add into the mix a film that's arguably not up to certain people's tastes all of a sudden people have really carved the knives and stuck it in with some of the reviews i'm not saying every reviewer was at this screen and i'm not saying every review is based on that but i do think it does influence some of the scoring that's been out there really yeah wow that's 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 harsh, but I get it. But there's nothing more annoying than when you're in a film and someone's talking behind you. 
like all talking in front of you and the whole time you just want to you're staring daggers into the back of their head and this is like everyone across the country I'm sure feels the same apart from those arseholes that talk during the film <laughs> those arseholes don't go to the cinema wait for it to come out watch your own talk to your heart's content don't ruin it when I've paid 13 quid for a ticket sorry ran over <laughs> how do you feel about this Elizabeth <laughs> some questions and one of them is going to seem like a really bitchy loaded question no no by all go for it aren't the reviewers and the film critics the influences in this scenario why 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 do we care what joey essex thinks about godzilla well exactly i i agree and i think that's what a lot of people are saying like why why are these guys even here and why is this why is this going on considering actually there's a lot of people that would have been like on the cusp of being invited to this and they've not been invited because like you say they want I don't even know who these people are. I'm so out of touch. But no, it's not me that's out of touch. It's the children that are wrong. But still, um, I, I, I don't understand why why they were there. Like they would have been far uh, far more at home being at a Z list screening, yeah. right? And I don't again. I, I don't want to be bitchy now, but uh, and then I don't want to. <laughs> and I don't want to stereotype. But are the sorts of people that you know the only way SS6 sort of cast are and the people that follow them are they going to be the sort of people that are interested in a monster style film I'm not saying that they can't be I'm just saying you know, the, the, the sort of things and trends that they seem to, seem to follow don't seem to be at uh, the same sort of crossover groups I, I, I don't know if I'm being unfair I, or I, I, I have I, no idea I have no idea. Uh, but that being said, hey, we got to see the cast yeah, and uh, we, you saw some questions being answered. The director was there and I always think it's... I don't, The cast always get good billing, right? Because it's the cast. They're the fucking faces of the film. But I always mm. think the people that make the films never get the same sort of attention. So it was nice to see a director being paraded mm. around a bit more and the writers as well getting a bit more attention. So that's a good thing, in my opinion. Um, anyway, back to the actual review of the fucking film. So, um, yeah, I like I say, I really enjoyed the big spectacle it. I thought the the fact that it has gone so like what a time to be alive when we've got so many amazing films out where literally they can take you to different universes they don't bother trying to explain they show there's so many spectacle things that are happening there's so much Godzilla lore happening here and <laughs> um, I'm not really up to date on everything to do with Godzilla other than I just love I really like that 1998 film yeah yeah I actually yeah. enjoyed that with, uh, uh, Matthew Broderick, Broderick. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, the bit when they get into the stadium. Yeah, brothers, he's he's the man, isn't he? I mean, that that bit when they get into the stadium and all the eggs are there. That's that's a good. Is that is that? Yes, yeah, Hat, you're is right. That Coven, not Covent Garden. Hatton Garden. Is it Hatton? No, not Hatton Garden. Madison Square. Garden. Madison Square Gardens. I knew, I knew it was a garden. Gardens, Wellington Garden City, wherever they were. Something, something square. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, but this this film, like I say, it's it is. Look, if you like these films, you're gonna love this. I personally think, anyway. I think it's got lots of returning cast members from the original uh, Godzilla movie back in 2014. Thomas uh, Middleditch, the guy from Silicon Valley is oh, yeah. in this as well uh, not particularly big role but I think they're setting him up to have a bigger role because spoiler alert it's been reported in the news loads that there's going to be another film and it's going to be yes that's right Godzilla versus King Kong oh, that's what we need oh, that's what we want <laughs> exactly so this is basically laying foundations for that a shout out to a gentleman called Bradley Whitford uh, he plays just a doctor in it but he literally is a funny fucker like he's he's just a guy cracking wise in the back the entire time <laughs> Yeah, so for that alone, I, I generally recommend this. Sally Hawkins is also in this film. Uh, no, she doesn't fuck a fish man in this one. Uh, 
and good to know. Yeah, good to know. There should be that barometer of Sally Hawkins is in it. Okay, who does she have sex with, and what species? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, like I say, a lot of people are padding this film. It is not a one-star film, but of course, it is not a five-star film. So I'm going to be in the middle of the road and say it's three out of five. Reason being is that the spectacle alone, and look, the name on the poster gives it away. It's all about big monsters beating the shit out of each other, and you get that in abundance. So three out of five, Godzilla, king of the monsters. Long live the king. Call it. Call it. Think you can know it. Then call it. Call it. It's the newest game that we've been doing with our guest recently. I'm going to do a terrible job as I do every time explaining it. Essentially, I'm going to name an actor to one of my guests and they'll tell me a number. That number is going to represent the number of films they could list on the spot with no notice of that actor. I then say call it and they have to do it. If they do it, they get that as a number of points. We go back and forth. We do it for three rounds. Winner has the most points. Does that make sense, Elizabeth? Yes, it does. I've, I've, I think fourth attempt of explaining it, I think I've actually done an all right job thereabouts. So I've got a list of actors. Who wants to go first? John? Uh, John? Sorry, Jamie, have you been preparing for this in any sort of shape or form? Uh, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. That's supposed to be insert joke of preparation there. No, no, no. No, no. no I don't prepare. How can you prepare for that, you fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do we do? Read about every actor in the world? Uh, no, I, I'm quite happy for... Um, Elizabeth to go first if she wants to, or I don't mind. Go on then, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll give it my best. Okay, Elizabeth, just some some ground rules here. If I hear any typing <laughs> or any like clearly googling going on, that's it, disqualified. Any umming and ahhing or like too long a, you can um a little bit, but like if I think you're clearly just trying to buy time, that's mm. it over and uh john complained so much actually i had someone i had to do it i've got a, in fact i should do an official retraction i said that along came a spider was a denzel washington movie no it's not it's not morgan freeman it, it is more it is morgan boom freeman. he's been preparing i yeah. lied <laughs> <laughs> you just switched from the shadows with that one yeah. yeah exactly exactly all right okay so elizabeth gonna go go with a well-known actor 78 credits will smith Will Smith. Um, oh, God, oh, I'm going to go with five. Five. Call it. Uh, Men in Black. Yep. Men in Black 2. Yep. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness, seven yep. pounds. Yep. And, and I'm a legend. I'm yes, legend. you are a legend. Five. Oh, strong star. Oh, you could have gone Men in Black 3 as well. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure, yeah. but my hands are sweating now. <laughs> <laughs> Points on the board. Strong start. Strong start. Yeah, that's right. All right, Jamie. I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. Kevin Cosner. Oh, uh, uh, five. All right, then call it. Waterworld, Postman, um, Bull Durham, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And uh, oh, uh, the, the no, that's it. No, no, bullshit. no, 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 oh, come on, oh. Mr. Mr. Um, <laughs> Mr. Um, 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 nah, Mr. Brooks, Mr. Brooks, Mr. Brooks, choke, choke, you're fucking up, Mr. Brooks, <laughs> you're throwing it away, build a dreams. Oh, oh, god damn it. <laughs> the funny thing is, for those of you who haven't listened to the chronicles oh. of Jamie. For the last two years, he has banged on about being nothing more the than pressure. the world's biggest fan of Kevin Cosner. It's the pressure. And each time he keeps choking. It's the pressure. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm sorry, I'm Kevin. Sorry. Okay, all right. Elizabeth, 
you've got five on the board. <laughs> you could you could choose to you could choose to play it easy and do like one or two, or you could really go for the jugular. Uh, Halle Berry. Oh God, uh, I don't even know anything that Halle. Uh, one, one. Okay, call it. What? <laughs> Catwoman. Yes, that's the only one I would have gone And it's a James Bond one, isn't it? Anything that she's been in. She's been in fucking tons of films. She's. I'm sorry, she's literally one of those actors which has been in so many films, but when you're put under pressure, you can't think of any. Think about the X-Men movie she was in. Oh, shit. Think about about all the Oscars that she's been nominated for and the stuff she's been in from that, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, she said she's been a Bond girl. She's. uh, Let's not forget... The Flintstones movie. You know, she has oh. literally been in in tons of stuff. Some of it incredible, some of it eh, not so. But hey, you know what? You've got the points on the board already, so you can afford to take the hit and just say one. I'm just gonna say one. I'm sorry. That's all right. You've got there. You got. You got it. Oh, pressure. All right, pressure. Again, Jamie, this is one which if you get the train right, you could rattle off loads. If you can't, then you will be fucked. Yeah. Now this is we talked about this off mic. I'm not coping well with this, mate. No. Other pressure's getting to me quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Moore. Oh. oh fuck me. Roger. <laughs> Can we go for a different bond? <laughs> um uh, Um You know, you're not even saying a number <laughs> at this point. One. Go on then. Octopussy? Was yes, it? that was yeah. the yeah, one on the board. Oh, that that was horrible. I couldn't I couldn't think of any Roger Moore films. Ah, is it because I'm building it up, putting too much pressure? I, I do, so. Let's try it quickly. Okay, so Elizabeth, I don't think you've got any danger of losing this in the in your final round. But I might uh, put it back. Might, you might put it back. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm luring, luring Elizabeth into a false sense of security. Okay, Are you okay. shocking me right now. Maybe, maybe. Who will find out? <laughs> okay, so I generally think this person is one of the most talented people on the planet at the moment. Tessa Thompson. Who the fuck's that? I don't know who Tessa Thompson is. <laughs> oh, he could be back in it. Wait a minute, are you trying to trick me by getting to list out some of her films? No, no, genuinely. Oh, really? okay, Tessa so you're gonna, you're gonna, are you gonna, are you forfeiting? I'm gonna have to forfeit. Yes! Oh, no! Jamie, that doesn't oh, mean she forfeits the game. Oh. <laughs> so, Tessa Thompson, she's been in films like Creed, Creed 2, For Ragnarok, Annihilation. She's in the new Men in Black film. She's Valkyrie in the Avengers movies. All right, let's bring this home. Oh, Tessa, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I do think you are. <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. It's the game, it puts pressure on you. Okay, Jamie, again, this is a, an actor who, when I say that person's name, you could think of probably 40 off the top of your head, or none. Okay. I'm building up the pressure here, and Elizabeth might go, why the fuck did I not get this person? But um, Tom Cruise... Why the fuck did I not get this person? <laughs> okay. okay, okay. Give us the number. Are you going I am for? gonna go for. I'm gonna go for six. Six would put me in the lead, I think. So I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna oh. go for six. Okay. 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 Right. When do I start now? Start right. now. Mission Impossible One. Mission Impossible Two. Mission Impossible Three. Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, <laughs> Minority Report. Minority Report. Two. There's not a sequel to my novel. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I think there was. Uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Recon. Is no, no, no. Once you've Bullshit. failed, you've failed. Bullshit. 
The dude's oh. been in 49... Halle Berry's been in more films. Who would have thought? Um, he's been in 49 movies. I'm not going to say all the films you could have had, but Minority Report 2... Tropic Thunder! Does... <laughs> Damn! Damn! <sighs> oh, the pressure. Uh, Was uh, it definitely not a Minority Report 2? No, I'm looking what? at his IMDb page right now, dude. <laughs> well, I think this should be. <laughs> There's a TV show in the works, but he's not he's not attached to it. Isn't he? Prove it. <laughs> sure, just drag him down and say, hey, Tom, stop making a billion Mission Impossible films, which, by the way, I'm happy for this, and stop making that Maverick sequel. Can we talk about Minority Report and why you're not in the TV show? Yeah, I'm just a little bit upset, mate. I okay, okay. I thought I had it. Oh, I'm <laughs> if sorry, If I'd gone Carl. for five, would it have been a tiebreaker? Yes. Oh, so greedy. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's the game. It's better. Elizabeth Cruz, right? It's better to yeah. have points on the board. Yeah. Go below numbers first, and then yeah. you know, if you do, you do think you can, you can do it. Then, then, then cool. Yeah. So anyway, Elizabeth, you can definitely call it. Congratulations. Yay! <laughs> call it. Call it. Think you can know it? Then call it. Okay. Up next, as mentioned at the start, we're going to be reviewing Booksmark. John and Jamie went in to review this. Uh, we pre-recorded their review, so here it is. Enjoy. Amy, do you know how many girls are going to be up your vagina next year? Every time I come to visit you, you're going to be scissoring a different girl. Dude, scissoring is not a thing. Don't knock it until it's you've tried it. Thing. Don't knock it until you've tried it. Hello, talk so listeners. This is Jamie, and I'm here with... John. Hello. How are you doing? Are you asking me? Yeah. I'm good. What I've just you... spent the whole evening with you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty weird, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we've been to Everyman Cinema, which is a new experience for us. Holy moly. That was sofas great. and beers and it's awesome, but it is twice the price. It is that. twice the price. But the cinema's mm. beside the point. Mm. We went there to see a film called... Booksmart. Booksmart, out, uh, I think, this week, actually. Uh, so this is a directorial debut from Olivia Wilde, who you will know from films like Her, uh, The Longest Week, which is really badly uh, <laughs> reviewed. But She's an actress. She's been in loads of things. Um, and this is her, as you said, directorial debut, which is amazing because it's such a brilliant movie and it's been so well-received. It is. It's got a lot to contend with this week. Obviously, you've got Aladdin, you've still got Endgame in cinemas, and she's even put out a tweet that said, like, we're really struggling, please get out and see this, don't put it off. So we thought he'd heard Vice, and we're really glad we did, because this movie is brilliant. So this focuses on uh, Amy and Molly, two high school best besties. Besties, for sure. And they're 18, they're the geeks, it would be fair to say, of high school. And they are worried they haven't really... They've done... They've got into Harvard and Yale, or they're doing a gap year. So they've done everything they wanted to do, but they haven't had fun. So they have one last night. They want to go to the party before graduation and let their hair down, because they've realised they haven't been living so much in high school. So, Caitlin and Diva, Beanie, uh, Caitlin Diva and Beanie Feldstein play the two female leads, and they are both phenomenal. It would be fair to say, would you say? Yeah, I thought all the performances, honestly, all the performances in this film are excellent. But those two girls absolutely smashed it. 
They smashed it. They're so brilliant. Their chemistry is amazing. The writing is wonderful, and they deal with the writing so beautifully. And there's so many funny moments. It's a comedy. It's a lighthearted movie, but there are also some really beautiful dramatic scenes. And they, I feel like they just handle everything so deftly and so gorgeously. They do an amazing job. And there's a supporting cast of all kinds of high school kind of cliches without being caricatures though right every single person in this movie seems to tread the line of not just being a gimmicky character like in most teen movies and actually have a bit of substance to them so i i mean i love the cast in this movie but i think the thing that really stole the show for me was the soundtrack oh the soundtrack is something special isn't it it's so good it's introduced me to a loads and loads of awesome electro music but it seems to just fit the scene so vividly and so well every time. So fundamentally, this is a teen comedy about two girls, and it is absolutely that. But it's so much different to the teen comedies of the past, I think, because it just has... Uh, it's not cliche. It's not crude in the wrong place. It's sort of crude in the right places. I think it makes a huge difference. I mean, I hate to just pull the woman card, honestly, but I think it makes a huge difference that it's written by a team of women, directed by a woman, and focuses on two female main characters. Because yeah. a lot of other teen high school comedies are all about dudes yeah and it's a shock it's going for the shock comedy isn't it yeah and it's almost like a shortcut uh i'm looking at i don't know super bad great i think it's a good movie um and then you've got even going back to american pies we're mm. talking about all the classic teen comedies um i think there's some great teen comedies of the past but i think this one r really is above uh Near, I'm trying to think of a better one, but I genuinely thought this one was outstanding. And it was really refreshing to have been two female-led characters who had some depth to them. There were some amazing, incredibly emotional moments where they were just phenomenal. And it kind of, uh, it was amazing the way it kind of went from that to comedy seamlessly without it trying too hard you know yeah definitely that's a great point it was a really seamless transition sort of between moods there is a scene in freddy got fingered and i i'm sorry for bringing freddy got fingered up into this but there's one scene in it obviously freddy got fingered is the most stupid batshit film ever cult you know i don't know you probably think it's some either a masterpiece or an absolute turd but there's a one slow-mo where he plays this song, I think it's by Moby or something, and he's skateboarding. And it's like this incredibly emotional scene charged with all this stuff in between this complete, crude, ridiculous comedy. Um, and I only mention that because this just seemed to go back and forth between those two effortlessly, and it just made sense. Mm. And what this film was... I think what Olivia Wilde did amazingly was she basically used the music... And all her directing chops, which apparently she has, because this is her directorial de debut, um, and she managed to like uh, encapsulate the anxieties of a teenage boy or girl, right? Mm. Like everything either is you're on top of the world or it's the worst thing ever, and it was just the music really reflected well, and the directing it was just it, it took me back to 
high school or yeah. just school. As I we found call it, here. it so nostalgic. Even though it's modern, right? Yeah, even though there's loads of modern references to Instagram and sort of like there's a lot of cultural differences maybe to even 10 years ago when I was in high school. The kids are a lot more woke now. However, it's so, it completely captures that essence of like, your last big blowout party and saying goodbye to everyone in your high school class at graduation, even people you like hated the the saying goodbye, like, you know, I'm actually going to miss you because you were a part of this experience. I don't know. It was so bittersweet, so gorgeous. I found it really nostalgic. Um, yeah, she captured it so well. Unbelievably good debut. Um, well done, Olivia Wilde. Yes. Um, I'm. I can't really. I was between a four and a five, but I think I'm going with a five because I can't think. I mean, teen, the teen comedy movies has been done to death, and there's a lot of bad versions. And I think this is up there with the absolute best of them. So I, I can't give it anything less than a five. I think. What are you saying? Five for sure. Five. Go and see it. Help them out. Don't go and watch Endgame for the third time. Uh, don't worry about Aladdin. You will probably hear about that later. Go and watch, what's it called again? <laughs> Book, Book Smart. Smart for some laughs and some tears. Amazing. It's your night. Oh, you're bringing oh. Ling Ling. Well, oh, make her feel good. Oh, mm. Make it stop. Please don't put your face... Not on the face. It's just a fucking orgy of reviews this week, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Orgy after... Oh, no, not orgy after orgy. I mean, review after... You're going to need some LucasAid <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, so, the next one is that uh, this Friday, Ma horror movie uh, mm. is dropped out. No, that's not Irish slang. Ma! It's a horror film. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Brava Shotgun, who was on the pod a few couple of months back, yeah. uh, she's recorded a review for this, so that is up next. Enjoy. It ain't much, but it's all you. Cool basement. You're free to do whatever you want down here but nobody go upstairs this is so sick welcome to mars what love mars so you know when you come out of a film and you're not sure whether you absolutely detested it or you absolutely loved it yeah well that is the horror slash thriller film mar but let me tell you this it doesn't really matter which way you felt because it really is one hell of a ride so we follow Maggie, who's played by Diana Silvers. She's a young teen who's just moved back to her mum's hometown area um, along with her mum. And as all teens do, she makes some new friends. And of course, you can predict they just want to get drunk, smoke some weed. But of course, they are underage and they need someone to buy their booze for them and a place to drink their booze. Enter Sue Ann, aka Ma, who is played by Octavia Spencer. She soon becomes their go to girl for alcohol and also an isolated yet homely location for a drink, as she has a basement where she allows the young teens of the area to go over and party and drinking. But it's not long before her obsessive, demanding and very weird nature starts to make Ma Maggie wonder who Ma really is. So Ma is 
a very bizarre film. It has this atmosphere that feels really, really wrong in some senses, but it also manages to keep the audience hooked because you feel like you're kind of, you're never knowing of what's going to happen next or what kind of direction the film's going to take you on. And the teens in the film are oddly relatable. They're very dorky, they're very awkward, um, and are, I guess some people might argue that a lot of the decisions that they make are very dumb, um, something that obviously within the horror genre we often don't enjoy as a trope. However, I think when you see the characters in their natural settings, it does make sense because they are just, they're actually much younger than they look, um, and they are these kind of very dorky, lame lame kids in a sense, um, something that I can 100% relate to and honestly I would have made a lot of those dumb decisions when I was their age as well. So for me, very relatable characters that I could really get on board with and see as myself about 10 years ago. Then you obviously have Octavia Spencer, and she is absolutely spot on in her execution of C Sue Ann uh, by luring the teens and luring us into a false sense of comfort. Uh, then she quickly makes us all realise that uh, she's she's not she's not who she comes across to be. She comes across to be as this loving, sweet woman who's actually just down to have a good time and help the teens have a good time too. However, she's actually one messed up person who's actually seriously traumatised from her youth um, and some incidents that happened to her and she's on a warpath for revenge. So not at all what we first see at the beginning of the film. And the first half of the film is this kind of campy, horror-driven uh, film that has a lot of weird situations and a hell of a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. I mean, the whole audience was completely belly-laughing, and that, I would say, was a mix of people that found it genuinely funny and then a mix of people that were genuinely confused by what they were seeing on screen. And then towards the end of the movie, things take a very kind of WTF turn uh, and we see some seriously shocking stuff. I went into this film expecting to get something that was almost lame and not very exciting and perhaps very dumbed-downed uh, you know, on the on the gore aspects and on the violence itself. But that was very wrong of me. So I would say, don't think that this film is going to hold back on depravity and violence just because it's teen-driven. Because actually, towards the end, you are going to be kind of left with your jaw hung open. I mean, I certainly was. I think Ma is a film that's really going to divide audiences, which we're already seeing for the first first reviews that are coming out. But for me, there really weren't any moments that I didn't enjoy. And I thought it was really refreshing to have another Annie Wilkes-esque character added to uh, the horror slash thriller genre. So I'm going to give Ma a four out of five um, and recommend that you go and see it this weekend and have some fun with it. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. 
taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Filming to Me. Every Monday, we drop a playlist on Spotify, bangers from the pictures, essentially our favourite tunes in films. Elizabeth, what's been your what's your favourite like soundtrack to a film? Ooh, um, I think... Oh, the Atomic Blonde soundtrack has been my most recent favourite. That's a a fucking dope soundtrack. Yes, we will put tracks from that on Monday in this one. And speaking of which, thank you so much for joining us. How can people find you? You can find me. Thanks for having me before I plug myself. (laughs) You know what? Of all the guests we've had, you're the first person to thank us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, cheers. Thanks, guys. So you can find me um, at bloggybalboa. Uh, on Twitter, online, on Instagram, and on this podcast. <laughs> awesome. And Mr. Hannon, always a pleasure, sir. Although you can't name films for shit, how can people find you? <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Hannon in Space. Hannon in Space. And also, shout out to Zobo, uh, Zobo of a Shotgun Zoe. She was doing the review for Mar earlier. John Crick and Jamie for also doing their reviews. And Bill from Batman on Film has literally been an orgy of filmy people. Till next time, stay filmy. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.